0: Generation of Computer Society Podcast Number Three, September 17, 2005. For listening with us, Paul, Nissan, Richard, Anil, uh, myself, Evan, Mike, and for the first time, Peter. Hello. Hey. Uh, well, let's start with what's happening. Um, TSTT's have, some GSM customers have some good news, I think, uh, that the TSTT is given rebates as part of its uh, agreement that is publicized because of its uh, post Emily failures. And, well, well, who, who else i
1: well, I got? I'm not on a prepaid. so... Yeah, uh-huh. I got I got it, um, I talked up, what's it, called? card, this this Week, and the bar chart offers 30-something dollars, or something sense. Then I got this message saying I got uh, additional credit. Uh, it's, it's a my, nice message? Or? Mm-hmm, it's uh, a nice message. And uh, Then when I checked with star 1-2 number sign, it said I have 50-something dollars. It's like, hey, cool, something TSCT did actually works. my again.
0: Yeah. yeah, this week. Oh, yes. Yesterday, there was yeah. it was okay. giving problems, yes.
2: Yeah. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to forget to uh, read it. I wish we could have a sign of 99% obtain guarantee. <laughs> I mean, I
1: have not websites not. that come 99% obtain guarantee. Hey, complete <laughs> the
2: chat. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you, you were born and raised here? <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. Right. Second. laughs>
3: well, I, 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 I when I topped up,
1: I didn't get that. Did it come back and say that you got $50 in credit? Or not? It said I had an additional credit. Okay. And it was, a, it was two messages I got one after I did the 30 the card. And the next one again, about oh, two seconds later. So when I did the star 120, number same thing, it said $50 something dollars. But all of that's count. Well, I, I, well I, I must admit, I didn't do the star 120 thing after it's a double check. So I can't be 100% certain. But when they, when they emailed me and said, you have an additional credit, is just an additional ten dollars. But when you buy a hundred dollar card, you're supposed to get ten dollars. Yeah, twenty. You may have discovered a bug. It's better to buy a small denomination
4: and get the. A... No, I thought you
2: were, you, were, you should be able to get uh, up, up to twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. So You should you only ten. Is that it?
1: No, but when you buy a hundred dollar card, yeah. even though you pay one fifteen with that, mm-hmm. you get a, you get an additional ten dollars. When you buy a two hundred dollar card. You, give up, you get an additional ten dollars. Because um, I don't know, it's because you buy it. It's been like that all all the time since he had these cell phone cards. So they're reporting another.
2: Well, the, the I don't know what it
1: was. Maybe it's just an incentive for you to buy larger amounts of uh, larger <laughs> Of cards unless
2: unless they're somehow crediting you back the the VAT, which is what it works out to be in fifteen percent. I guess,
1: but. Um, like I said, but postal does come because if you're working on the same assumption that you're supposed to get about twenty dollars once you top up one hundred twenty twenty dollars, you're supposed to get your hundred dollars and get and at least get a hundred and twenty dollars. Even if you're gonna say that ten dollars is part of that. Yeah. You know. You should ideally get a hundred and thirty dollars, but at least a hundred and twenty dollars. There if you have ten dollars <laughs> too.
0: Actually, TSA, yes, I think, is also rewarding our uh, loyal customers. I think long-term-standing long long-term standing, uh, customers. I uh, know. You want to yeah, talk well, about this? Yeah,
2: somebody got <laughs> bought out, yeah. <laughs> well, you uh, apparently, that? I'm
4: one of TSAs. He's uh, one of the longest uh, internet customers. Hmm. Uh, I've had my internet connection since December 1995, apparently. Ten years, wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs>
1: and you have no grades. That's so interesting.
4: Well... Apparently they uh, they well it was three of us, uh, four people, uh, actually.
0: So how, how How did they come? Well, what happened? Well, T-
4: basically, what they say is they want to commemorate. Well, they want to reward customers who've been with them for so long because it will be ten years uh, this year. Mm. <coughs> so um, it's customers who have had the longest unbroken service. So customers who haven't broken their contracts with T S C D or Broken a service with TSGG or have mm-hmm. broken it for less than two months. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they gave us um, some nice gifts, cool. actually. Some nice, nice party gifts? gifts? Yeah, some nice
2: I have to think yeah. that I just gave up my account in early August. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well.
3: Sucks to be you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what did you get?
4: Uh, I got a, one of the HP uh, 41 Printer, um, okay. copier, scanner, printer. Uh, I also got a Kodak digital camera with the printer. So digital camera kit with the printer printer. You know, photos. so it, it was pretty good. I mean, do they work in <laughs> the <clears throat> looks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure Sweet. Yeah, <laughs> there, I know the camera works. Well, the camera's just USB, so yeah, it should work. Put that in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so you are
0: joined in December, what? December 1995. 1995.
4: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So. because I think, that's, because I come to think of it, uh, ten years I think it was ten years ago that in August 1995 was when he has to be, uh, um began oh, yeah. to offer internet access. Yes, yeah, yeah, That, that is, is a ten year anniversary. Oh, okay. So oh, yeah,
1: you got, I'm not thinking about this, you know, is that you got these gifts and all, but. Um, does it make up for the fact that you've been paying comparatively, well, like, the highest rate for of internet usage?
4: Ever? Well, I okay. mean, comparative mm. to my alternative usage, was nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it is prohibitive for me to to use any other ISP yeah. because I have to make a, long, a call on the side of So
2: you could use Green Dog. <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> They haven't
4: I'm reached there sure. yet. <laughs> well, ask me, so
1: I'm not I'm not saying any more over green up because I think they fell up with me. <laughs> well,
4: I mean, the, the thing is, uh, I mean, if I had an alternative, I mean, I would really have had a choice to go with somebody else. But the thing is, it's TSD, frankly, is the cheapest <laughs> option for me, It was the cheapest option then, and the cheapest option now. So, I mean,
1: cheapest it turned out, but not compared to the rest of world.
4: Well, yeah, but I mean, I really
5: couldn't tell <laughs> you know, I can't, you know, I mean, I mean. Yeah. Why so, do we so often get caught up in comparative pricing? Um, you know, just because we see on American TV, you know, all you can eat for 9 in a country of 260 million people, why do we assume that sort of pricing should be reflected in a much smaller country? Well, and, and that's just not internet, that's you know, all well, sorts of
1: things. There is this this uh, whole, um, I can't remember exactly, I did economics how many years ago in, in university, but there's this whole McDonald's index, so like, you can tell, like the price of McDonald's in every country tells you how much the economic good is. But if you look at like KFC, for example, if you take the price of a KFC here, and you yeah. convert it to US dollars, that's the price of the KFC there. If you take any special from TGI, that's the price of the special here. You know, I mean, internet access. If it costs 20 US for unlimited dial-up in the states, then it should cost the equivalent of 20 US down here for it to be a fair price. But, but um,
5: that—that's the problem. I, I think saying it should is is to use the, actually, the fashionable term, fallacious. Um, because if if you work on that basis, then you should also have the same minimum wage. Figure here as you have in in the U.S. market, well, so we, we can't take out. that simplistic
2: of view. Well, let's also point out that that as you mentioned earlier before the podcast, um, fuel is a lot cheaper here than it is in the states in Canada and England. I mean, it's considerably cheaper, the con- it, it, which means also electricity is cheaper, which also, and, and as well as the fact that the cost of labor is cheaper here than it is in the states in Canada and the U.K. So shouldn't that mean that we should be seeing lower prices than? than those folks in in the developed world? it could, but
5: but since so many of our products and services are based on imported goods and services for which we're paying real-world prices... And then customs
2: and duties
5: on top of that? Well, even without the customs and duties, we're not producing anything locally. And and I mean, I don't bring it up as as just an argumentative point, but one example that has been suggested to me recently about our local internet development is we're treating the internet in the same way that we treated most goods and services we import. So we want this massive bandwidth to allow us to download from foreign. We just want more e-forenting uh, oh. until we start producing content like this podcast that people then wish to download from Trinidad. We're still going to have this lopsided internet pipe Putting out the resources to provide very high bandwidth mm-hmm. for people to download stuff from foreign. Where's the balance?
1: But that's the industry. I know. With the same content, when you host a site locally, what options are there? There's probably hosting with your own leased line from whatever
5: provider you choose. But that's chicken and egg. Yeah. I mean, somebody has to put the resources to provide local mm-hmm. hosting on the same level as you get in the US or Japan or anywhere else. I don't else. think you
1: can put just beyond a one locally, can you?
5: Well that, that's a, a feeling of the phone company and their network availability. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
5: But it's also always going to be tied up on the amount of off-island bandwidth mm-hmm. and that's what keeps the prices as high as they are because off-island bandwidth is expensive. The reality mm-hmm. is that we are not the center of the internet, the US mm-hmm. is. So there's one way in and one way out. So there's no competitive structure. Um, it's going to be like that until we end up with an open competitive bandwidth market.
0: But what happens in Venezuela? Because I mean, I'm thinking Venezuela may have better... W- does it, well, does it have better internet infrastructure in terms of bandwidth and so on?
5: Short answer is I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but that's something fine find no? one.
3: Well, one, one couple, couple of things I might just put in as comments. Um, my friend in Idaho can't get... Bandwidth returns 28.8 8.8k per second, which is less than what I get. So she's in the red estate in the union, mm-hmm. literally. Um. Mm-hmm. Secondly, with regards to Venezuela, when I was there last year, the bandwidth was decent. Mm-hmm. It was cheap. Mm-hmm. But that was just a basic quote. You go in, the machines are set up, you pay for a particular amount of time, you buy it, you buy it, you have to drink and you sit down and it, do what you have to do any boat. In terms of speed, it was pretty good actually, it was probably comparable to what we were getting in Trinidad, in the pretty early days of the SM, before everybody and the October. to on It piece you know, And I, I think the Latin American coverage, they probably use different satellites too, and that may be one reason why there are a coverage is bigger, because I, I know we have the issue where we are like on the edge of the North American satellites. And mm-hmm. They're kind of like on the border zone between like, the
0: big Latin American satellites and the North American satellites, and they always look more for for some reason. Do you think why I, think why I said that maybe benefit more bands? Because I, I always recall that, like, you know, even in the early days, you know, they have CompuServe and AOL and so on. They have local Venezuelan numbers. You know, so I was thinking, well, does that mean because it was better, you know, it, the infrastructure was better developed there? I mean,
3: it has a bigger population.
0: Well, well that's that's bigger the bigger population. Population. there is that. There are
5: actually local AOL dial-up numbers in Trinidad. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just mm-hmm. an agreement with TSTD to provide a dial-up number for their customers. Yep, yep. It's, still, it's still based on a 3.36 dial-up yep. connection. So AOL users are going to find it a lot slower than they're used to in the States. They also pay an incredibly high premium to use it. So most AOL users who have done any research will either use, and this is business travelers, will either use the, the hotel mm-hmm. uh, yes. facilities or they will sign up with a short-term dial-up account. With any of the ISPs mm-hmm. locally rather than use that AOA. THD sells mm-hmm.
1: per minute
5: for there? has something for 619 EC, e- e- mm-hmm. which is a per minute um, no contract account. It's relatively expensive for what it is, and the, the independent ISPs, uh, so in our case, we, we provide a, an account that's essentially 20 US for, for 30 hours.
1: Okay. This now, this is now as I remember in Barbie, that uh, Sunbeach the, Yeah, the they country have these cards country. that they sell you. So you it's have a number good. to dial, and you have to decode it to a and password into the fields, and you have how many minutes you purchase. It, so it's something sold in a 15 minute minutes. Mm. So, um, I found it was useful for the family because sometimes you in a hotel and you have to dial a whole extensions to get out. So, you know, the 619 easy thing. Um, so it works if you have a phone in your name.
5: No, you can use it on any phone. Mm-hmm. Thereby lies the danger, because you can have, you know, your cousin come to visit from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. who, de- who sees the ad and says, "Well, I'll get on the net. You get the phone bill on your phone bill the, the next month," and I think it's something like a dollar a minute or something. Plus like that. Seven Of course, yeah. so <laughs> 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 uh, you
1: can't do it a date, So. And, and
5: no,
4: sty So people tele- things
1: with. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between twenty cents plus VAT and three cents?: <laughs> well, The difference is 10 cents speaking
2: about telephone bills, you were saying something earlier about um, cell phone cloning.:
5: One of our TDMA phones um, came in two months ago with a bill of 5000 oh. dollars. <whistles> pages and pages all. Yeah, 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 international calls on it. Um, the irony is that the person who uses that particular handset was on a cruise in the Mediterranean, had left the phone in Trinidad, turned off, in a drawer at his home, so the phone was clearly not in use. Um, when we queried it with the TSTT they, they said very quickly, um, oh it would appear that your phone has been cloned, no problem, we will reverse all the charges, uh, bring the phone in and we will swap it out, for a new GSM for no judge.
2: How much um, negotiations did it take for you to... None whatsoever.
5: That? I, I sat for the obligatory hour at TSTT Mall waiting my turn, uh, sat down, presented the bill, and the, the, no questions the, the representative looked at it, and she just said, Oh, looks so, like you've been cloned. Obviously, they've seen it before.
1: Well, it's been same service you get in Port of Spain, though, because you said Westmore and in Westmore, and, you know... I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. They get here in Port of Spain. yeah. he went
5: some of those, you know... Well, I haven't mm-hmm. gone to them recently, but they look pretty overworked. Westmore was just very convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a friend who had a similar situation. The first month, the bill was $3,000. His uh, secretary paid it because... He was traveling extensively, and she just assumed it may well be roaming charges. The second month, the bill was $27,000, and the secretary thought, maybe that's not quite right. <laughs> Their office is in Shibonas, so I assume, I, I don't know for certain, I assume she took it into the Shibonas office. Same result. They said, yeah, no problem, although in his case, they didn't swap the phone. They put what they describe as an electronic tag on it to apparently prevent uh, phones other than that particular unit from using that ESM, um, which of course Mm -hmm. is the cloning part. Mm -hmm. So,
2: in your case, they they gave you a new phone. Was that another TDMA phone or was that GSM? GSM.
5: They're not replacing TDMA. I have a
1: question. You can clone a TDMA phone, it'll actually have any physical phone in front of you, apparently. Right. Yeah, I think they have a, there's something like a radio set, and it grabs the, the code from the air, and they okay. put it into a chip, slap that or, they program the cell phone with it. It's very easy with a TDMA. And how GSM phones, can they do the same with GSM? So according to what I've heard, that no, they can't do
2: that. Does anyone know whether it's possible with CDMA phones that you can do that? Don't have from, from what I've
5: read, CDMA promises greater security over GSM, uh, yeah, and perhaps that I, yeah. that's one of the pitches that Lactel may be making with its move to CDMA rather than GSM when we finally get competing cell phone services.
1: Mm-hmm. Why is this thinking there's something about the ministries not sign off on something, so some deadline was never imposed, so well, what's the status for them? When, um, I, again, I, I don't work
5: for the ministry or telecom <laughs> authority so. I, know I know what you mean. So tell you, but based upon what I've read in the papers, yeah. there was a delay in telecom authority sending to the ministry its recommendations for licenses. Remember, telecom authority does not issue licenses. Telecom authority recommends to the minister, which is Lenny Say, and his ministry will issue the license. The way the Telecom Act is set up, however, while he issues the license, he cannot issue the license uh, of his own, on his own prerogative he issues the license based upon the recommendation he does have the power of veto, he can say I'm not going to accept your recommendation but he must publish mm-hmm. his reasons so we're heading into a new way of government administration because the law requires the minister to to explain publicly why he's chosen not to follow telecom authority and that is supposed to create telecom authority's independence according to the news he did kind of
1: explain this thing he said the
5: reason it's not out is because Well, uh, he he said the telecom authority had not yet forwarded the recommendations to him which meant he could not act Um, according to the newspaper I believe the recommendations were delivered uh, this week so that now gives under the act the minister 60 days to respond to the telecom authority. So theoretically, in 60 days' time, licences will be issued by the ministry to Digicel and Lactel. Um, how long it will take—how long it will take telecom authority to then hand those licences to those companies? I don't know. How long it will take them to get up and running? I don't know. But the critical issue is always going to be interconnect. Mm-hmm. How much it's going to cost somebody using a Digicel phone? call somebody on a TSTT phone and the reverse mm-hmm. and that's a problem that I think a lot of people are burying their head in the sand for. Actually, but I've like been talking about that problem since I came back to China because I saw how the, how the system went in Barbados
1: because what happened was it took government intervention to tell people wireless, hear what, make this agreement because they were sticking and sticking and sticking and it was about a year that they, they, they didn't want to agree to prices with digital and at the time, AT&T wireless now singular no apparently is selling cell yeah, I'm not sure but, um, that, is what's, that is what that is what everyone is saying yeah they are coming by December but they can't say they are coming by December because TSCT which is part cable and wireless already knows how to play the cards from Barbados and previously from Jamaica so I, I estimate at least a year again um, if mm-hmm. government decides to get better
5: intervene at some point so the government can't intervene that's the whole point mm-hmm. the telecom authority is an independent authority its structure is set up so that the government it can no longer step in and say, make this happen. But I mean, don't, don't fool, fool ourselves. Don't There's don't obviously going to be some backroom gr- back discussion between government and telecom authority. Hmm. But in terms of public policy, telecom authority is on its own. Hmm. It answers to no one.
2: Well, assuming that all of, all of that goes through, and even if there were on an inter- interconnect agreement, how useful is it? Is CDMA going to be if you want to go roaming up the islands? I don't know
5: how many of the the, really? the islands operate CDMA mm-hmm. networks, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You can't take your CDMA phone and turn it onto a GSM network. And most of the islands, as far as I know, are GSM. But Verizon mm-hmm. in the States is CDMA.
1: Okay. Okay, because so if you go to the States you can roam... Well, the yeah, phone. because my, my brother has a CDMA phone from Verizon. And, um, Apparently, the big benefit of CDMA is that when it comes to data connection, like internet access, these phones carry a lot more bandwidth than the regular GSM phones. So That's going to be the big selling point of the CDMA phone. Because uh, Verizon has this quote-unquote broadband wireless that they offer with their phones. So my brother is on his phone, cell phone. He doesn't have a, uh, his computer. Has dial-up. But he's on his phone. He can use MSN Messenger. He can browse web pages. He can do a ton of stuff with his phone. You know, and um, he can even hook it up this his... To to the laptop. The problem with that was the phone
5: was too slow to keep up with the laptop demands. But all of that is great, but but, I mean, surely that's only of importance to a fairly small segment of the market. Mm -hmm. So, for the average Trinidad business person who is doing Mm -hmm. traveling throughout the region, their Mm -hmm. interest is roaming. And if they can't take their CDMA phone and go roaming in St. Vincent and Jamaica and Barbados and Guyana, then it's useless to them. To tell them that it will work happily in the States when they have no business there and it's no use to them for the occasional holiday visit when they can buy prepaid may not make sense. I was in a Telus shop in Canada because they're a CDMA provider and I think they're tied up with Verizon and I asked them about CDMA technology versus GSM and they said very bluntly if you travel forget CDMA there's just not enough worldwide support for it for roaming. But then
1: that they'll say the whole of Europe uses uh, CDMA or some, some claims that I like So, how many countries exactly? Do you, you, you have a list of um...
5: TELUS's website refers to about a dozen countries with whom you can simply take your phone, go to that country, turn it on and start using it. When you ask them for other countries, I think the last count is we're now up to something like 240 countries around the world, um, what they do is they offer to sell you a phone that's compatible with those networks. So you end up, as you say, like in Jamaica and Barbados, with your back belt, you know, one phone for this network, one phone so for that network.
2: But that's only you'll be able to tell, uh, tell us customers? Yes. Yeah,
5: that's what because there are other networks in Canada the GSM, like the Rogers Network. Okay.
2: The, well, the only the only network that is supposed to be <coughs> going CDMA would be Lactel. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There was this discussion about Lactel purchasing a Barbados Internet Provider. Sandwich. Sandwich. Sandwich, Sandwich. Sandwich. Sandwich, right? Sandwich. Does that suggest that maybe they're going to try and at least have a link between Barbados and Trinidad, to, so that if if you want to go roaming in in Barbados, it could be done. It, the, it
5: might, but then there's a lot of infrastructure they'd have to build in Barbados. It might suggest that. Lactel is simply diversifying its service offerings into internet services.
1: Mm-hmm. I think because we Sun, Sunbeach has had its license for a few years, and um, if, they, if they didn't start building CDMA towers... Like, um, yeah, but Sunbeach isn't a phone provider. But they had the license at the same okay. time that um, when I was in Barbados and they issued the licenses to the, to the competitors, there was three of them. It was Digicel, uh, at Wireless, and Sunbeach Communications. Mm-hmm. And Well, AT&T and Digicel already had their infrastructure up and they were offering around the same time. And then Sunbeach said, okay, no, we'll wait, they'll be offered, uh, a few months later. And, and that has never turned out because there has been no Sunbeach uh, telecom uh, out yet, even though they have the license. So where, if Cell does go through and buy Sunbeach, it won't be just for the internet. It will also be because they have that license for mobile communications. So they won't have to go through this whole interconnection agreement. Ping again, they don't have to go into this government regulation to get a license for Spectrum, etc. etc. Uh, they already have it under Sunbeach. All they have to worry about is what infrastructure Sunbeach has put down and if it's compatible with their whole CDMA com- um, technology. Because, you know, Sunbeach may not have dropped down CDMA technology. <coughs> More reason for Barbados. Yeah.
3: I love Barbados beaches though.
0: Okay, well, well, last weekend was a, was a special event um, uh, held at uh, Software Freedom Day. And the TTCS, uh, the TT which is the Linux users group, and Fast Caribbean, they also decided to, come to, to have a two-day event. It's normally held on September 10th, 2005, at various places around the world. And you can check out the Software Freedom Day's website for all the various countries participating. And we had a two-day event, and it was actually it turned out quite well. Actually, every today, it was about uh, 20 people.
3: Well, we did kind of have the same format as we did last year, where through a combination of fortunate circumstance we had uh, Christopher Hartley, who is a guy who usually develops within the Mozilla browser. What he did was he actually ended up giving an impromptu talk on actually coding within the Mozilla environment, coding extensions within Mozilla, because he is in fact the author of the Map Mozilla extension, which actually does archive formats and you can actually, with Map, you can actually read some inter format things. This year we decided to do something, well, again, through a combination of circumstances, we ended up mostly dealing, before all parts of the thing, we ended up dealing mostly with local software development. Anil actually spent one hour speaking about Orokeet and software development within Apache Core. Which in... What oh, is Orokeet? Yeah, yeah. is basically an open source really code available learning content on the system. Um, mm-hmm. what it is actually good for is putting your content on the web in such a way that you don't necessarily have to learn specific HTML. Well, you don't have to work your HTML, you can convert you can put your stick your word document straight on. You don't yeah, have to convert
4: it. Basically it's a, it was designed for a learning environment which okay. is like um, universities, uh, mostly uh, tertiary education institutions where they use uh, software to deploy courses for students. It's usually using like distance education or um, on campus and would, like um, you use it, something called WebCT, which is um, proprietary. But um, Boracay is actually designed to develop content for systems like that, and mm-hmm. it was designed to basically keep the formats of input and output independent, so that uh, it doesn't matter if you input as HTML or as, say, an Open office document, uh, yeah. .doc book. We take a number of input formats, and converted to say HTML or PDF, if you want print versions, that type of thing. So it basically packages it as something called a content package, which conforms a certain standard so that you can import it into other software packages that use these same content package standards.
0: Okay, so sounds, uh, I think it broke it as a website, right? Okay.
4: Yeah, oh, okay. well, okay. and you can get more information about it. We It's still alpha software right now, but it's very usable. You have to be somewhat of a techie to get it yeah, yeah, but um, it is usable. We have a number of people using it um, to design courses and that type of thing already. Uh, SAGS, St. Augustine High School, actually uses it for their website. Oh, okay. oh. So then you talked about the study cross conference, you said? Yeah.
1: 20 people? Yeah, it's a good turn off. Well. So I so say new people, <coughs> but they new people, okay. mostly new people. Okay, okay, cool. So so I different mean, things.
0: not helping the regular core map mm, yeah. oh, That's good, that's good.
1: So this is the second year we've been we've been participating
3: in Software Freedom Day. This is the second year, um, well, the second year it's been happening. Yeah, um, right.
1: The Software Freedom Day is a worldwide event. It's a worldwide
3: itself. event. Um, what actually the organisers of Software Freedom Day have noticed is that it's a lot more prominent in developing countries, um, and I, again, that's probably that's because of the need. And it's it's still pretty much in its infancy, but it's something mm-hmm. worthwhile to do, and it's something when they say software freedom, we're not talk, we're not, not talking price. I mean, when we not we're not talking price. Price is a side effect. Again, we're talking freedom as in liberty and all this kind of good stuff. So, mm-hmm. while well, yes, some of the activities of the day do center around giving software away so that it is it is a free of cost. Mm-hmm. It's not only it's not only about that. So
1: free uh, software, we can. We can, um, this is we can build this money. money. Okay. But yeah. the, the whole concept of free software is embodied in the fact that you have access to the source code, mm-hmm. which is the, yeah. the underlying code yeah. that, that you have yeah. to write the software in. Yeah. And with,
3: with that free access, in a sense, once you have access to that source and once you have explicit permission, Due to the license that you have to modify and publish your changes and share your changes and all that, that gives you a special type of freedom to, you know, make changes, make improvements, share your improvements and all this type of stuff. And in a sense, your tech support if you're okay. so because they had a you are advanced. to. Okay,
1: that's it. Because
3: the other twelve, yeah two events, though, the Well, we had that. We had the we the install fest the day after. And install fest. And install fest. Basically, you bring your machine in. Okay. We install Linux, we install whatever piece of software you want on it. Um, less well attended, probably because it was Sunday. may also have been the calls like two years ago, three years ago. Linux is very easy to install these things. It's deadly. Literally, once you can boot a live CD, most it takes no more than 20 minutes to be installed on a machine, and up and running in the sense that you can be surfing the internet, writing documents this type of stuff. It's not just like when we install it, you don't, you don't have it, you, sure, yeah. you, you can tweak out the bus, you get it usable uh-huh. very quickly.
1: But uh, software freedom does not just particularly apply to learners, it's also important. No, it's learned. not quite a lot. So, I mean, right, so we have the TTLUG and we have Prost-Caribbean, right. what is now and how is it different from TTLUG? Okay, well, TTLUG in Omer Group of Peckies, more
3: or less, concerned with um, providing acceptable, by the means, place for learners, because there are some professionals, Plus Caribbean, formal, formalized, formal formalized focus more or less of in Trinidad and outside of Trinidad for the Caribbean region actually where we are one of the few organizations actually with the explicit goal of spreading use of products and software throughout the Caribbean
1: region. Okay. So, they've formally send out when they registered. They registered. They registered. They registered. They registered. Okay, so. oh,
2: they
4: I, re- you know,
3: can I join us? T- any anybody? Idea? Anybody can join What's us. What's the website for you all now? PlusCrivian.org. I looked at it the other day. It's coming along very nicely. Yes, there's
4: a registration form. A registration
3: online. form online. You download it fill the out, send it. it will reach either the Alamo Analyst and. It from there, okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and for at least for now, and probably until the end of the year, um, restoration first year, free mm-hmm. of cost, okay. But you'll be charge at some we point, we may we will so probably charge, but again in the really on on. I mean, you get in, you get a now, you can decide whether you want to, to um, actually continue and pay after okay. you see what we, we give you on, on the first year, so but okay. like for so now, you can get in, and like I said, it's free of cost. Yeah, can you it. mention any plans mm-hmm. that you have? You okay, any plans, training. Some <coughs> training, some technical sessions, and hopefully in 2006 we'll probably run another conference.
1: So, you want any volunteers or anything? You're looking for all <laughs> this looking people volunteers. You will have your training session. You need trip work for me. We need training centers. You need somewhere to put we need training. Yeah. We probably need people training train. centers. Yeah. People, for training. People, people to train. train nice. <laughs> <laughs> people to train would be nice. would um, be nice. Suggestions of topics. You any suggestions for topics?
3: Suggestion for topics? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, yeah. we're we're open. Um, we will probably do trading based on what demands the community put and work from there. Okay, you know, we, we, we hope to be um, driven by community demands and requirements and not necessarily by
1: what we think the community should be doing. It's got to come from the grassroots. Well, this isn't mm-hmm. really a cross-graving thing, it's more a TTCS slash UECS thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the 29th of September, that's a Tuesday at 1 o'clock in UE. Mm-hmm. I'm actually supposed to talk about open source software for Windows. That's um, great. Although I'm, I'm a the user, I had to actually rebuild my laptop. So, uh, I realized my laptop is slightly Linux incompatible. Well, I, it's not. It, out of the box is Linux incompatible. Yeah. I just haven't had time to tweak it. So, TTCS, well, we talked last time about the C D. Right. Well, which is an excellent compilation of open source software for Windows and I made it a little, little hobby Beautiful. just to try and see how much of the software I can use on my laptop and to replace the, the proprietary yeah. stuff that I normally use because I mean I, I do purchase a few proprietary apps mm. that I find and um, at UE on that day I'll be actually talking about the sort of the apps that uh, I find very useful and are actually quite surprisingly good alternatives and Devon and put a uh, Devon, the of the TTCS Core have done an excellent job putting together this CD. And uh, hopefully I'll get. You can also purchase a CD on that day. Hopefully they will make a copy so I can carry them. Forty dollars. Forty dollars. Then for the best best the software you'll ever make. I, I would say I would say let's play quite plainly. You can pay forty dollars and buy it, and you can do what do what you want with it. Yeah. Mean you know, mostly software, yeah. it's under a very very open license. You don't have to worry about all the software. Yeah. All, all, it, it, yeah. all yeah. of it. Yeah. Not but anyways, yeah. what will be beneficial is that I'll actually show use cases cases where you as a user, as a typical user. So it won't just be the UV student who will be benefiting. Okay. I'll show how as a UE student we software that will be useful for you. Like one thing I can mention is the open office suite. You know, much, much cheaper than trying to pirate Microsoft software and getting screwed up, right? Yeah. You know, um you know, and then I'll show things for like the internet user. Like as an internet user, um web server, uh, mysql Well as a web, uh, not not as a programmer. Oh, as absolutely. a web user, I, oh. I use Firefox and I use right. um, Thunderbird mm-hmm. as an email right. uh, Game and. Well, I use iPod as well because I like podcasts and things. So I actually use iPod to to pull on all my podcasts and I actually stream it on on um, well. There's this media client, you know, but he saves some of it for the yeah. for the actual thing. But there's a whole host of things. I'm I'm not going to just talk to one group of um, individual of, of computer users. I'm actually going to try and talk with it at several specific groups. Right. right. Okay, okay. So yeah. and
0: I think I could we just reach about a hundred programs on the CD as well. So right. So the what
1: I have only has about ninety. So the speed is, is ever expanding and ever, That's right, yes. Yeah. You right. know, so and it. yeah, it's continually you know, updated Yeah Like, like OpenOffice
0: open 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 open. 115 Has now been released So, so How games Do
1: you eat? <laughs> well actually I'm going to talk about The games as well Because yeah. there's some Cool games in there I mean If you're, if you're like A 3D yeah. multiplayer you know MMORPGs, or You're not going to be impressed But Well
0: there are But it's just too big To put on the CD Like Butler West Well Hopefully If I want If it's a I can give you a CD And you can demonstrate Those other open source apps Well the thing is
1: There's also some apps That I use as a programmer That don't on the CD, So hopefully yeah, if you all have the
5: time, you all can come and see, and I will talk about those things as well. How do we develop a wider appreciation of open source software? My image of open source software is it, it's the area that geeks love to play with. I mean, you, you have to really want to go and put it on your computer. I look at it from what I think is the real world perspective, which is the small office that has five, maybe ten computers. Um, as you say, they are been pirating office. They certainly don't want to pay for office, but they never heard of open office. They don't understand the concept of it being free. They think it must be some sort of poor cousin to Microsoft Office. Nobody's talking about it. You, we, we, you mentioned games. And we all want the games that you see Actually, on TV. that's
2: not true. I mean, I've written several articles about that. If, if <laughs>
5: you have in mind. But, but you are to have to But when somebody buys their, their clutch of Dell computers, Dell says, do you want us to put Microsoft Office on it? And the guy either says yes, which means he's already got the software, or he says, no, my cousin will come and fix that up for me later this afternoon. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. <laughs> uh, that's the reality. But and if, and if he can be... Shown very easily that there is an alternative which gives him legal software, which gives him software that is going to operate as well as office.
2: No, I, I mentioned well, this to, to Dev that there is actually, I came across a small computer company in a computer shop in Marabella. Uh, when I went in, the I was very surprised to find out that the receptionist was actually running Red Hat. Okay. I, I know, so, so, what's I'm, the name
5: of this shop and how do people find that? If, we're, if, if you do mind, I
1: could plug myself for a second, um, I'm actually in the process of, ReadyTech is my website ReadyTech.com, mm-hmm. I'm actually in the process of registering ReadyTech as a as my trading name, and my my sole purpose is these small companies that you're talking about, to educate them on the value of open source software and how they can save, and actually probably get a lot more out of their, their computer system by using these softwares so, um, well I'm not fully, fully up and running yet, so I'm now starting to build my models and my use cases and stuff, so I've already done one System, um, So, there are, comf- there are people who are doing it, like me, but we're small, you know, we start off like Bill Gates in, a, in our garage, actually for me it's in my bedroom with my laptop, <laughs> you know, by doing all this. So, you know, it, you start small, and um, that's why I do these things for other UV, like UVCS, I see a whole batch of, st- I mean, they, they're taking 200 something students this it. new students, and they have no idea there's a world outside of the Microsoft world. And when you talk about these things and you show them these things, you, you're hoping to inspire this path. Because open source software, for the end user it's about using it, Mm -hmm. but for the student it's not about using it alone, it's also contributing back, improve the quality Mm of the software, use it a little bit.
3: It's about, for them, so much contributing back, it's about about learning to get this properly within the
1: customer system to understand it. Well they contribute in that way, because when they get into Mm -hmm. it, they will see the flaws that they see, that we wouldn't see, and they will -hmm. will try and fix it, or they will make recommendations, even if they can't fix it. Someone who has the, technology, the technical talent will, and that's what I mean by contributing back. Because yeah. we all study with open source with software about using it all the time, and I'm, I'm, the first step is to get people to use it, but at any end, of the day, if no one is writing the software, you're going to have a little gap there as well. So yeah. that's why these, these things help, that's why I say this, this talk is, it's at all areas, I mean you're going to be an end user and come and listen to the end user part of it, if you're going to be a programmer, I'm going to show how to program this stuff. I'm not going to show you how to program and stuff. I'm going to show you the ways, where to go, what to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, most people get lost when they come to Open Source Software because it's not like with Microsoft, where it's you know you go to Microsoft website and it's everything you need to know. You know, um, website is very
5: confusing. (laughs) Yes, but. If is. But you say it's confusing. You look at it with different eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, well, the the so average person who has well, well, think, who has already got Office installed, on their computer. But, but, I would suggest very rarely visits Microsoft website. Of course they don't. They oh, don't. No. They don't update the
3: software. I mean, well, I mean, people but, don't do the software <laughs> people, so people don't. Well, no, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm not talking about the 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 Delco who get it stuff legally. I mean people don't realize that. but like, Paris, he has a terrible. Hidden costs you know, in crappy, news, crappy um thing, you know, this viruses, by web in a sense, dragging down the computing experience for everybody else. It's like the people who pull the garbage in the river and then complain about the flooding, you know. There will be consequences for of
1: piracy of the bad action, or, um, but you see, piracy also causes misinformation because when people see now that they see one misconception, automatically it's free. No, I'm not pirating this software. you know, I mean, if I was supposed, suppose I went to the library in UWE today, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't know how what would happen, and I said, here, look at TTC and so forth, you can give it to people, you can copy it, they, they would probably look at me and say, no, we can't do that, we have, we have this agreement, we can't, mm-hmm. we, have, we can't violate people's IPOs, they wouldn't know what open source is, and it's until, until people reach that level where they can actually understand what I say open source I mean, and like I I said, mean
3: and like I said, that, yeah, in a sense, you have to reach that level where people say, well, okay, yeah. like, in terms of like this, in terms of like data, country data, like okay, things like country data. I mean, there's a for that says things like you know, basic country data that belongs to the people shouldn't necessarily be kept in proprietary formats that you don't have the specs for, people's specifications for, mm. and. Uh, Certain countries have gone, that, gone in that direction. I mean, Venezuela is a notable example. Um, Brazil is a notable example. The state of Massachusetts are doing that. Of course, people, people who cleave to the other way of doing things are screaming very good well and saying, well, it's not standard. But, I mean, people will say, and then people come back and say, well, no, a, doc file is a Microsoft Doc file is a standard. No, it's not. If you take two totally two, different things and call them the same thing, it's not the same thing, you know, simply because you call it the same thing. A lion may be a cat. But a line and a pussycat are not the same thing, even though you both call them cats. You both can call them cats. Now, a doc file from XP, Office XP, is mm-hmm. not the same thing as a doc file from Microsoft Office Vision 2.0 or Microsoft Office version
5: 95. But but does a standard have to remain the same constantly? It uh, can't you have standards with incremental well, changes? So the, the,
3: the problem is not these standards with incremental changes, the problem is that the the changes must be open, which means that they are properly specified. Which means that if they're properly specified, it doesn't matter if the standard changes. If it's very properly specified and freely available to everybody,
1: it means that I then can write something so I can get my results if I need to. But then there's a counter side to that. People say that the proprietary software company say, I have invested so much time and research in this. way of doing things. It is my right. Mm-hmm. as my intellectual property, well, so like it, 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 because I have spent time, I, I, I want to profit off of this, you understand? Yeah. So uh, why why should Microsoft say, well we have spent time to develop this um this word format for documents that stores files optimally, but you want us to give it away? It's not optimal. One, it's not optimal. Well, Two. Well, one, in is their eyes it is.
3: One, not optimal. Two, like I said, my argument is necessary. Sure. For private companies, you could do what you want, you can store you data in whatever format you want. That's private company, does your own money jumping up? That's fine. National and national
5: format? Good thing to be held by But oh. Richard, to take that argument to frankly the ridiculous, mm-hmm. you could end up with the same argument being used in Trinder, where somebody might demand that all the census data, which is public data as mm-hmm. you're suggesting, be made available in the language of their choice. That it should be available not just in English. Well
3: no
4: well, the English, the, the English, point English is, is, if if somebody gets it translated in English, they so could
5: translate it No, you no, no. no. It no. 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 It's not about translation, because the translation would apply to the, to electronic files as well. If I can provide you a file and there's a method for translation, then off you go. Yeah, That's but, but what what is The difference between
3: English and Spanish reason. is that actually, there are standard ways of translating between English and Spanish
5: that yeah, aren't nobody
4: going to change English up all okay. of a sudden. What I'm understanding,
5: Richard, to say is that <coughs> country data should be available in an open format so that you don't require any specific tool in order to read it.
3: No, not necessarily not, no, not, not require a specific tool not to read it. You should. It should be open enough so that if necessary, I can quote something so I can in any tool of my choice. Exactly. So, so it's not restricted to
5: a specific yeah. Now, no, no, okay. no, 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 hang on. Way,
2: remember, remember that, that you're, you're talking, it, yes, it's fine, you can get it in English, translate it in Spanish, but what happens when you want to translate it back to English? If you're being told, okay, the only way you can put it back in English, you have to pay somebody a certain amount of money. You
5: no, know, we're talking about two different things. The, the concept of what I understand Richard, to be saying has to apply in the same way to the guy who walks into the government department and says, I want my country data provided in Hindi. And you have an obligation to provide it to me in Hindi. Because by no. providing it solely in English... Actually, no. That you would are be no. in Actually, no. English. Not, it's, English not, it's, not the same. Okay. it's
4: not
2: Okay. That, that analogy would be, let's say, somebody walking in and saying, I don't want it in Excel format. I want it in Apple Works format. No. It, it's not quite the same thing. R- what he's saying is, I want this as... Uh, a, a document or uh, a format that but anything the can read,
0: the the can exactly. read. Okay, exactly it. It's not tied the platform, is Exactly, it. my and it's room
5: room room and room is currently tied up in the English language and well, I want it in Hindi, actually, because I do not speak okay, English, I'm a Hindi speaker. Okay, but
2: the thing, uh, what, what's really going on is that what he's talking about is, in order to read a Microsoft Word format, usually you need Word, or you need a translation program, the, the manufacturers of which have paid Microsoft for the rights to read and write in that format.
1: And, and that's a weird thing. And that's what's, It's that's
2: never
3: what's as good as, you, it's, one, it's never as good as the original, and two, once you drop a version of two back, they are always compatibility.
1: Well, I think they're focusing more on the problems with Microsoft Word format. But yeah, I, what, yeah. I, what well, I'm talking well, about really one well. Open Office. Was that okay? There's, the way that Word is, Microsoft Office is popular. The only way to read a Word document is with Microsoft Word to get the full viewability of the file. And if you took Microsoft and Word and tell it to save it as another format, you'd screw it up. Not only that, if I wanted to say use another program to read a Microsoft Word document, it's the same document. I can't. And the way that the, the license is for the format of the file, it's not very easy to write a program to do the translation for me. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it's like saying that, okay, well, okay, you can only produce this thing in English, but you know, I'm willing to write it, I'm willing to sit down and translate this whole thing into Hindi, as Peter said. But the thing is, if you tell me that you can't translate it into Hindi because for some reason there is no translation. They, they don't want to tell you how to translate it. Or they've left out a that or something. You know, exactly, mm-hmm. they're going to they're gonna mess it up like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. they going And, and that's the problem with proprietary standards, because what Microsoft has done is basically kept changing the format to the point where once someone has figured out how to make this thing change properly into another program, they change the format and you can't do it again. And they, then they, they tell everyone, well, you have to upgrade to this new version to get all these nice new features. Now,
2: to be fair, it's not just Microsoft that's doing it yeah. I do no, know no, that there the are other... No, Microsoft Microsoft is the most
1: other, other companies do it. Microsoft
3: yeah. is just, from right now, so the most popular Okay, now okay, um, I'm going to give you an example. WordPerfect. Yes. That format so I don't think has changed since... Five. Five version 6. Since version 5 way back in 1993. They've actually built new versions on it that have been have encapsulated added functionality, including things like exported PDF, just like oh. OpenOffice, XML, XML greater XML compatibility, greater interoperability with Microsoft stuff actually. And the document format has remained the same and they've managed to actually um they've actually managed well, they have, they've actually managed to license them to keep their thing, But if you want to read a thing, there, there, there are ways, it's fairly well specified on what you pay the same. Thing. They can, in fact, open and read mm-hmm. a word Perfect document. I mean, actually, I think there's some word like, that means that you can't read word Perfect documents outside of the Windows platform. That's yeah. not true. But so there, there's some kind well, of which is
2: I why they can't, they can't actually
1: do it in the that. I think we went. We,
3: well,
2: we, 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 we took a side road here. Peter's original question was. was um, how do we get it to be How do we you know, get popular? popular? Um, I And you mentioned about uh, I, was, I started talking about the, the company Marabella, which is um, mm-hmm. computer synaptics and sales, which is one of the most interesting names I've ever heard. I don't, I don't know what a synaptic is, um, and uh, I had spoken with them about the OSS Win CD before it was released, right. and they sounded very interested in it because they were they were actually building PCs. Um, and putting Linux on them, they were using. They were already used, familiar with, Fire, with uh, Firefox, Firefox uh, Thunderbird, and uh, OpenOffice. In fact, the, the receptionist was actually doing their invoices in OpenOffice. And uh, so I told them, well, when when the Win WinCD comes out, I'll bring one down for them." And sure enough, when I got there, the person that I spoke to wasn't there, but there was one of the salespeople was there. And I got the same, the same surprise look when I said, okay, it's free. If you need to copy it, go ahead. Just you know, make, a, make a copy exact, don't change anything about it. Just make it an exact duplicate of the CD and, and leave the credits where the credits are due. And he was surprised. He, he, he couldn't believe that it was perfectly legal to copy the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least I know there's one company that's going to take it seriously because they're not losing it.
1: But to, to go a retro, in the beginning, it was quite okay to copy. Like when people, mm-hmm. when we had the old ha- old hackers oh, on, yes. the, on the mainframes, it was quite okay to copy your programs and pass it yes. around and you know let other people look at your code. It, when the 70s and they had the old... That's, that's
2: if you wrote the code
5: yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah there was clearly more interest and awareness in shareware because that's how software is distributed. Yeah. You, you didn't have the opportunity to walk into a retail shop and buy packages off the shelf. We've got a little more sophisticated I'm uh, not too sure just how much shareware still exists. It, it may be rebranded as open source now. No, well, not no, not no. Actually,
3: shareware is very much alive. alive. Um, somebody, of the programs have moved up to full commercial programs. Um, PaintShop Pro, for example, was a Shareware Darling, PaintShop Pro is now a son commercial program and... Well, it been acquired by Corel. Acquired by Corel and it's now a, 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 I thought
2: Corel was, was acquired by Microsoft. No. No. no, no. no, no.
3: You've got PaintShop Pro, what else? You've got... Um, I mean, um, where the Shareware tends to shine is that you always find all these little... Utens- these little one-punching tools that do one thing and do them very well. What? And mm-hmm. for what you need it, mm-hmm. and for what you need it for, it's indispensable. So, it's, a, it's still around. I think one problem
0: with shareware is that, and it's it's and it can, well, it's kind of good shareware in a sense, is that uh, when some, well some shareware reporters, what they would do is they would put ads in it, and I think this is yeah, a, yeah like the, a, the the ad ad confusion is. with you know adware, spyware, etc. and the, that confusion. Yeah. So well, actually, that was the original reason you started TPCs was because a
1: lot of people were installing this spyware
3: installing crap yeah. on their machines, mm-hmm. and basically when the crap gets too much, you call somebody as far well as spend hours and hours with the yeah. virtual machete cutting through the cap
5: Therein lies one of the problems with promoting software, which is how many people are willing to recognize the value of the time spent by that service person. Well,
0: that's a problem. I don't think and willing to pay problem.
5: for that person's time.
3: Can you see if I brought that up on a list really? and, and basically everybody says if it's more than 50 minutes, we don't look to find out the problem. Just, Just pull up the razor, and razor. Yeah, it's a solution, but that's like saying if you've got a crack in your if you've got a crack in the room in your house, you just break down your house and put it back. You know, it's a protection scheme Or buy a new computer. Or buy a new computer, with some people you can like when... Oh, it's too slow, it's too crappy. For real. Hey, like, 299 Dell. 299 $2. Dell for Dell, cool. One you know, they had away. Hmm. You know. Or spend 100
2: US more and get a Mac Mini. We didn't spend extra money for a monitor, keyboard, and mouse. No, we'll take the same monitor and maybe, maybe different. <laughs> Which one of these keyboards and mouse? You know, the, the, the Logitech. Um, those are up Those are markable. Yes. yes.
5: Okay. This would be the Logitech wireless. Keyboard and mouse combo, which is 200 US dollars, you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. So the Mac Mini plus the 200 US keyboard <laughs> and well the mouse. And and to buy Mac Mac <laughs> wow. Maybe we should just go for the Dell box straight away. Just buy an upgrade. <laughs> well, just buy an iPad. Soon, uh, soon, soon okay, Apple will uh,
4: release Mac OS 10 for Intel, and hopefully. put it in a box and sell and it all go the Windows users. That,
5: that will go on the Mac Nano. <laughs> 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 All
3: yeah. I, I will say is that, um, Dell sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody is thinking Do of buying a notebook, buy anything but a Dell. I'm sorry. Look, you can say
5: anything you want you to say I can it. say anything what we, I want to say. We, I use it. It's crap. We have a Dell 8600 <laughs> in on. Dell has come and replaced the screen four times now in two years. I think we've got our money's worth out of that warranty. Yeah. yeah. It
3: all comes oh, out of the, the warranty, list. but, it, but it all why... Would you need to replace your screen 40 four times? Oh, that's times.
0: important. The okay, okay the other approach
1: uh, I realized is one of. Two. They have excellent warranty, but you have to cash in all the time. As opposed to people assuming that I have an excellent warranty, they don't ever have to cash in because they don't want to get into convenience. Because they may replace your parts, but do they replace your lost productivity time. That's quite.
3: True. Okay, let, let let's, Like, a guy, a guy brought his Mac notebook at the installed fence, and to me, he had. It wasn't so was uh, was hmm. running on a Mac, it wasn't running on a Mac. No, yeah. no, he um, was a um, Dell the 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 laptop. laptop uh, and uh, he said he had replaced on the board twice and replaced other things. It was in the shop like for a very long time, basically. And this is like a non-offer. Okay. Yeah, the, the Dell laptop, you're talking The Dell okay. laptop. I mean, this thing was like in, shopping, in and and get the get shop. You
2: know, not
5: in the shop. He's master obviously bought the wrong, wrong warranty.
3: Because our I don't guys
5: know. come to us with the parts and do that's the correct. work. Yeah. But in terms
3: of quantity, you're like, but, you, but that's just the, No matter how good the warranty is, a good warranty can't replace downtime. Correct. I'm sorry. And I don't care how good the warranty is, is it's extremely frustrating to watch a machine you pay money for and you can't use because it doesn't work. And Especially I'm when, not, you have, when you have up deadlines.
5: I'm not trying to suggest that replacing the screen three times in two years. Is, is a good thing? <laughs> it means they are obviously using substandard components, mm-hmm. but it is their response that yeah. you cannot fault for your particular uh, warranty plan. Yes, so you do so. not Yes, I could. Is this your home computer? This is your business warranty. You are talking about this was bought through a Dell business account. That uh, is that's, it, that's what it is. A standard Dell three-year next business day warranty. Right. Okay, okay. that's that because, it because of you want to from
1: Okay, Dell, how Dell works, because I, I realized this when I was working up in Barbados and they started changing machines and they said, okay, we're going to go in one brand. When you start purchasing machines from Dell, once you cross a certain number, you reach another level of support inside it. It's not mentioned particularly, but like when you cross like 10 machines, they actually give you your own personal customer service rep number to call. When you reach about 50 machines, then they'll actually send people to your office. You know, when you, cross, when you start having volumes with them, then you actually get to see the machines are going off in three months before
5: they offer, so
1: you can be said if you want to buy it.
5: I can okay. assure you, we get no special treatment of it. <laughs> by machines. Yeah, yeah. By I mean, machine. I mean, that, that's the thing. It, mean, I
1: it it I varies. Mean. You you hear very good
3: reports from yeah. some people, and you hear awful reports from some
5: people. The, the the only caveat in that is are the awful reports from people who are buying from people who advertise in our newspapers as Dell authorized resellers, or people who are buying Dell Direct. We've always bought it. Mm-hmm.
1: Del- is there such a thing as a
5: Dell authorized reseller? No, not
1: Because no. 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 I know Dell said there is no such thing as an authorized reseller.
0: Moving on, uh, let's see. Oh, well, G4, which is usually shown on Channel 25 on CCTV, uh, Call for Help, which is shown on G4 Tech TV Canada, is now being shown on G4. started on August 29th, which is great, because actually the Call for Help is... A, for, for those who have watched uh, tech TV before, it's kind of become a mix of the screensavers and uh, call for help. It, it's not it's not too simplistic and actually uh, it's, I've seen only part of it. Because uh, unfortunately, one, one, one downside to all of this is that it's shown at very op- awkward times. Awkward times. Yeah. It's shown at, I think, 11 a.m. local time and it's a one hour show. And I think on weekends they show it at 7, at seven in the morning, I believe. That is what it, yeah, seven AM. So so unfortunately hey, but it's not hey, a great time.
3: But Leo. Leo's back. Yeah. And what what else I've also noticed? Well yeah, this first came through. Um The founder and CEO of G4 apparently has either been fired or resigned or something to that effect. Kevin Rose has put it up on his blog at kevinrose.typepad.com. I think right now people are just very cautious, but that may in fact be an indication that the games, games, games direction of G4 was not necessarily what the demographic and advertisers wanted. And I know there has been... A lot of complaints about the changing directions yeah. since the merger. and I saw editorials written in New York Times about it. It's not been particularly good. I mean, Leo and the rest of the screen savers have all more or less landed on their feet and seem to be doing very well with the independent projects. But mm-hmm. the only thing, Tech TV, about the G4 is probably X-Play.
0: Which is, what I've read, is also their the highest rated show.
3: Yeah, you know because of that. I mean, I think they, well, they did some changes to that, but they more or less left the character of the show stage and they left the host. So, who knows? Maybe we'll get more content on tech G4 again. I'll be very cautious. I'll wait and see because, hey, they screwed it up once. <laughs> there's no telling what they're going to do this time.
0: Well, they we have, we have until at least 2006 because I think that's when the official run of course, it will we'll take place on G4. Okay. And hopefully it will move over to a better time, time slot.
3: One would hope so. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: yeah. and I think we'll, this test is taking, uh, going past the half hour mark, so
2: I think we better end it here. Yeah. I think we've gone well past 30 minutes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: I think so. I think mean, even when we edit out a few yeah. things, it'll, it'll be well beyond 30 minutes. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> well, it won't be too well, big a file. Unfortunately,
3: I won't get a chance. Uh, to tell you all what's in my bag of crap or box of crap.
2: <laughs> we'll have to do that with a nice podcast. Yeah, some other time.
0: Okay. Well, uh, again, thanks for listening. Go to our website at www.ttcsweb.org podcast. And uh, we also your, value your comments. You yeah. can email us at uh, admin at ttcsweb.org Bye for now. Yeah. So long. Thanks for all the fish.